This is episode 61, Transformation Through Sexuality and Intimacy with Allison Cruz. And in this week's episode, we are chatting with Allison, who is a men's intimacy coach. And though Allison specializes in working with cisgender men, we unpack this conversation so that it's relatable and usable for anyone. So I really think that if this is a topic that maybe you hear it and it feels a little bit uncomfortable, I invite you to listen anyway and take from it whatever you can. We explore what sexuality is and Allison shares her five-part definition of sexuality that will open your eyes to how complex and transformative sexuality is and can be. It's often something not talked about openly, honestly, all the time. So when we really dive in and unpack it, I think you'll find it very interesting of all the different pieces that you can pull from it. And we discuss sexual shadow work, which is one of Allison's specialties. We talk about inner child healing and of course, plenty of tips, strategies, and practices you can use to connect with your body and sexuality to truly transform and call in the intimacy you desire. And we do cover some sensitive topics in the episode. So here's your trigger warning for anyone who has dealt with maybe some sexual abuse or trauma in the past. Just make sure and take care of yourself there and otherwise I invite you to go follow Allison go check out her social media she has some great um, group coaching programs available right now and we have more information about that in the show notes and then of course if you connect with Allison on Instagram all her information will be there so one thing I will ask of you is if you love the show if you end up loving this episode we really want to make sure that the show is growing and getting into the ears of as many people who might need it as possible. So if you love the show, if you could just do one of a few things, either leave us a review. Um, Lauren and I love hearing your feedback, so we like reading those. And then also follow us on Instagram. We are at there's a hack for that. And we share each week more information about our guests, what they're up to. We share their content. So the Instagram, the podcast Instagram is a great way to just keep in touch and learn even more about our awesome guests. So we can't wait to connect with you over there. And with that, on to our conversation with Allison Cruz. Hi, Allison. Thank you so much for being here today. And Lauren, thank you so much for having me. Of course. And this is so special for me since very short backstory for Lauren and the listeners. Allison and I met, what is it, maybe like three years ago now? Three years. We were both at the Christine Hassler Spring Retreat by ourselves, and we were walking to dinner, and I kind of looked over to this like bright light of a human next to me. And I saw that her name was Allison, so we started talking, and I was like, my middle name is Allison. And then we found out that your middle name is Erica, so we were instantly bonded by what? Allison, <laughs> Erica, and Erica Allison. That's funny. Strange world. <laughs> yeah, it was It was the clearest sign that, okay, you guys are supposed to keep talking, become friends. And we have just – we both have grown so much since that retreat. It's amazing, and it has been so fun to watch you find your niche and – come to where you are. And I know I've told you this before, but like, I just, I don't know, scream with joy every time I see what you're doing and how you're expressing yourself. So thank you for doing what you do. And 
I think the only other thing I'll say before I have you share your story with us is I love that we're having this conversation today, whether this is for any gender or anything like that, sexuality has been something that I've intentionally focused on and then also shied away from because it's been uncomfortable. And so I love following you on social media because as I said before we started recording, you help me feel uncomfortable in the best way and kind of shine some light on shadows that I'm like, oh, I guess there's something down there to see. So with that, I would love for you to share with us, what. tell us your story, how you got to this place where you're doing, doing this beautiful work. So I am a men's intimacy coach. I call myself a men's intimacy initiatress, and I specifically work with heterosexual cisgendered men, although I do think my work can be applied to any man who identifies as male. And I like to say that this niche, this career choice chose me. I didn't choose it. I've battled a long time with myself in working with men just because it's a deep pain point for me, especially around sexuality. I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And honestly, both of my perpetrators identified as male and female. And so I didn't trust any humans. Humans were not safe to me whatsoever. Through the course of growing up and through my relationships with men, I've had very tumultuous relationships with men, relationships that involved me utilizing my sexuality to manipulate them, to coerce them into relationships with me, to get them to fall in love with me, and in which I had no intention of ever remaining in partnership or relationship with them. It was just a way for me to take back my power because it was taken away from me at a young age. And so I used a shadow aspect of my sexuality to, again, manipulate them, coerce them into thinking and confusing them um, into thinking passion equated love. And so then I went on a bit of a journey after I actually fell in love with this beautiful human of a man. And, you know, old habits died hard in that relationship with me. I practiced non-consensual non-monogamy in most of my relationships throughout my 20s. And in layman's terms, people could use it and call me a cheater if that's what people want to label me as, but I call it as non-consensual non-monogamy. And he found out about those transgressions and, you know, he really chose to love me through, through that instead of leaving me. He knew my backstory in terms of how I grew up, the kind of trauma that I experienced, and he didn't blame me for my coping mechanisms for intimacy. And so we decided to stay together to try to work through it. Um, but we were doing long distance at the time. My father had also passed away around the same time that um, we found out that I had cheated on him. And so he broke up with me because long distance, trust issues. I don't blame him for breaking up with me. Like, it, it's hard. It's hard to build trust um, once that trust is broken, especially if you're doing it long distance. Then after that, you know, I kind of hit rock bottom and I was like, I need support. I need guidance. I need to figure out where my life is going. And so that's when I signed up for that spring retreat where I met Erica uh, with Christine Hassler. And that retreat just kind of like cracked me wide open. And then after that retreat, I went on another retreat with Christine and her husband, Stephanos. And that retreat is where I had this kundalini come to Jesus, come to God moment where in this breathwork ceremony, this beautiful, beautiful breathwork ceremony, 
you know, I set an intention to really find out why I'm here. How has my life events supported me into, you know, my deepest, truest lesson? And coming out of this breath breathwork ceremony, I got this message saying that men are not the enemy. People are not the enemy, right? You don't need to be using your sexuality to manipulate people. You can use your sexuality to support men in really tapping into the darker aspects of their sexuality. So rape, molestation, incest, sex trafficking can end. Because that to me is where in our collective, like their deepest, darkest sexual shadows stem from is this swirling sexual trauma that that keeps resurfacing in our collective through, again, sex trafficking, through rape, through molestation. And so um, I'm here to unravel the world and to support men in, and eventually all humans, but men specifically in tapping into the darker aspects of their sexuality so they can explore that consciously so it doesn't come out in, doesn't come out sideways in harmful behaviors. So yeah, that's kind of where I, where I came to be and who I am in this world. So that's some heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. Good for you. But you had to do your own heavy lifting to get to that point. I have lots of shared experiences just in your story. So this is, I'm looking forward to the rest of this conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. And I think where I'd like to start is just with the simplest foundation of talking about what exactly is sexuality and why, from your perspective, is this truly a doorway for transformation? Yeah. So I think it's important to understand that everyone's definition around sexuality is unique to them, right? So my definition of sexuality is one ever-changing, just like we are always changing as humans. So our sexuality evolves over time the more comfortable we become in our bodies and our skin and how we we choose to express ourselves. But in my personal opinion and how I view sexuality, I believe it falls into like five different categories for sexuality. Mm -hmm. So sexuality to me means sensuality, intimacy, sexual identity slash sexual orientation, reproductive slash sexual health and sexualization, which is a shadow aspect of our sexuality. So sensuality means just our connection to our body, how we enjoy our own body and how we enjoy other people's bodies. And intimacy is our ability and need to experience emotional closeness with another person and with ourselves. And then sexual identity and sexual orientation is our thoughts and feelings about who we are as sexual beings, how we identify. So either as male or female or non-binary and then how we label who we are attracted to. So for me, I'm a bisexual woman, so I enjoy the company of both men and women, but there are pansexuals out there who are attracted to all different types of gender and gender identities. There's heteronormative people, right? People who only uh, identify and who are attracted to people of the opposite sex. And then reproductive health is our physiological and and our anatomy of our reproductive organs and how we relate to them. And then the sexualization part is the shadow part of our sexuality. So the use of our sexuality to manipulate, control, or influence others. So that to me is like the five components of what sexuality makes up for me personally. 
And I believe that sexuality is such a huge catalyst for transformation is because when we truly connect to ourselves and our internal sense of our sexuality, we connect to our internal sense of power, in my personal opinion. Mm. So we think about it like the deepest pain point that most of us have shame around involves our relationship to our Mm. body, involves our relationship to our sexuality, the things that we desire in terms of sex, the things that turn us on, how we want to be touched, right? The things, the fantasies that we experience. So when we give ourselves space to explore the shame, the fear, the guilt, the disgust, the anguish, we liberate ourselves and our soul from that shame. Because we aren't born in this world shameful. Like we come into this world vibrant beings that are free from shame. It's through society and through programming that we accumulate that shame over time. And so we repress certain aspects of ourselves. And when we repress certain aspects of ourselves, we dull our energy, you know, we dull our life force energy. And our life force energy is our creativity. It's how we move in this world, how we produce, how we um, birth creations into this life. And so when we suppress and suppress and suppress, we suppress our ability to create, to birth out programs and things that we want to do for our lives and how we um, relate to other people and how do we how we create intimacy. So that is why I feel like sexuality work is like the catalyst to like our deepest transformation because we're not suppressing our life force energy anymore. Yeah. Which takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy to deny these aspects of ourselves. And I know that I've, you know, I'd say I'm still in the beginning phases of my of exploring my own sexuality and what you said. I mean, first, what I take from that is like it's super complex. And I love that you mentioned that it's like everyone can kind of have a different relationship to what is sexuality and what does sexuality mean for them. But I love the categories that you use because it brings in both the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, because it is just this it's like an integrative thing. And it's not just like, oh, I need to figure out sex and what I like and you know it is taking care of ourselves but it's like no there's also like you said the programming and our reproductive health I love that you incorporate that piece of it Mm -hmm. yeah it's such an interesting puzzle right I love also how you said it evolves Mm -hmm. over time which absolutely Mm -hmm. has been my experience you know as I come into myself I'm in my late 30s like I've realized so much about myself and like just understanding that you can give yourself permission to explore and not have to like definitively label things and that you're open to being curious and learning. Like I'm still, we were talking about this right before, I'm still learning how to like shift my language to be more inclusive and more all-encompassing because every person is a different expression of the divine, right? There's no one one way that people are. So I've, I've never heard sexuality described that way. I love that, the, the five different parts, because we, we are that complex. That's really genius. Yeah. And I love this conversation that we're having because I know personally, like, I'm not a very judgmental person. I'm always more curious and open if someone shares something with me. I'm like, oh, that's not how I do it. But I like, that's cool that that's how you do it. So I hope that anyone listening, if any of this feels shocking or uncomfortable, that to really sit with that and let it be okay and then just 
continue listening with an open mind because the questions are only going to get a little more like uncomfortable, I think. So just, you know, if just this is like, ooh, I haven't talked about this in that way or I haven't looked at this within myself, just know that there's 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 healing that can be done and um, you can get to the other side. So just sit with any uncomfortableness that's coming up. I think next I want to touch on the sexual, the shadow work piece that you do because this is one of your, kind of one of your specialties, right? Dealing with this, the shadow in this way. And the way I understand it is kind of exploring the dark side of sexuality that has been suppressed or lost or set out of balance in some way. And I know for me, the way this happened was just because it simply wasn't talked about. And I know that's you know, people listening can probably resonate with that. It's just we didn't talk about this growing up. I had to learn about sex from my friends and the internet and like, and then just experience, but it was never like, yeah, this is okay. So what exactly is sexual shadow work and why do we need more people paying attention to this? Yeah. So sexual shadow work is the process of truly finding out and owning what we really, really desire in the bedroom, in relationships, and with our own connection to our own bodies and our own genitalia and really mm, not shying away from certain fantasies that may turn us on. Most of us suppress certain fantasies or desires or kinks for fear of what it says about us as, as humans, you know? And then when we don't allow proper conscious exploration of those fantasies, our shadow will come out sideways, right? It's It will always come out sideways, either through like a snide remark or a self-sabotaging behavior, or most of the time it manifests in our bodies. And shadow work doesn't necessarily always have to mean dark. It can You can suppress lighter aspects of our sexuality as well. So for a lot of men, they suppress their sensuality, their desire for connection, their desire for intimacy, because they have been conditioned to be hard, to be emotionless, to be statuesque, right? To, to not feel. And they can suppress and push that aspect of themselves into the shadow as well. And that for fear of being weak, right? Because we often think that when men are tapped into their emotions, they're they're weak or when they're tapped into their sensuality, they're, they're not as strong as an alpha male or they're not as dominant. But when you're not tapped into your source of weakness, it will manifest into your body. And sometimes that looks like, you know, erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation that can manifest in a, in a male's body as well. But the reason why sexual shadow work is so important is going back to what I said is it will come out sideways. And just a trigger warning again for people, if you don't consciously explore these darker aspects of your sexuality, it can and will come out in like long held stares when you're staring at women, which can make them feel uncomfortable. It can come out in, you know, over sexualizing women for just showing how they like to move in this world. It can come out with, you know, inappropriate touching with children or, you know, through through rape and things like that. So that's why it's really important, in my personal opinion, to really allow yourself to go and traverse the darkest corners of your mind in a conscious space so it doesn't have a chance to surface and come out sideways. 
And that's what I feel like really true, like healing can, can come from when we accept and explore the darker parts of our psyche and love those parts of us, even the shadowy aspects, then we become integrated and whole and we can show up intimately in partnership and not feel ashamed for the things that turn us on. Because when we don't allow ourselves to express our fantasies, our desires, our kinks, it throws up walls between the person you were trying to build intimate connection with. And we as women, we want to feel our partners, right? We're feeling creatures. I would, I would argue all of us are feeling creatures, but women especially can can feel when there's this this wall between them and their partner. So in a nutshell, that's kind of why I feel like sexuality and shadow work is really important to build obviously a deeper intimacy with ourselves so then we can create profound soul quenching intimacy with another. Yeah. And I think in my own experience with diving into shadow work is that when I look back on a lot of past relationships, whether romantic or just friendships, just any relationship in the world, a lot of the times my light was the part that led the way. So people loved me because I was happy and helpful and you know, list whatever else comes up there. Yet at the same time, these relationships were really surface level and not meaningful and weren't fulfilling for me because I wasn't truly being seen. And so over the years, and especially Lauren's a big piece of this, being able to share all of myself with friends or, you know, I'm dating. So like practicing this with romantic lovers, but being able to show the shadow parts of me that I'm like, that I am somewhat ashamed of. But then when you show that piece, because you've learned to love that part of you, and then another human loves that part of you, that's where relationships become fulfilling because you show up as your whole self and there's depth and appreciation and it brings a whole new way to show up in the world. So I totally, again, I love the language that you use around it because I haven't heard it explained quite that way. But that's been my experience of shadow work. It's like, again, it's like, I just imagine like having a little flashlight and like looking in the corners. I'm like, oh, there's what's over there. Let's take that out. Because again, there it takes a lot of energy to suppress and hide from those pieces that are, are ourselves. And now we have these, these containers, the conscious spaces, as you said it, where we can start exploring this stuff. You'd you don't have to do it alone. And Allison, would you say like if you're if someone's just getting started with this, it's probably a good idea that they don't do it alone, right? I, yeah, I definitely recommend having either a lover or a coach or someone that you can confide in because your ego doesn't want your shadow to surface. Mm. So you mm. will constantly be in this battle internally in your psyche of your ego saying, no, 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 that's unacceptable because your ego is also trying to protect you, right? To to make you seem acceptable to, to the outside world. So your shadow and your ego are going to be in a battle and it just becomes, it becomes honestly a scary, scary place to be if you have darker aspects that you have yet to explore. I know personally, it has taken me down a deep, deep rabbit hole where, you know, I almost wanted to, to take my life at some point because of the darker aspects of my sexuality that wanted to surface, but my ego was 
suppressing and suppressing and suppressing, helping me suppress. So I definitely recommend, you know, having a support system around you to love on you and tell you, me too. It's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. because that is like the medicine is having somebody just hold space for you and say, okay, what else? I see you. I feel you. I I have the same exact experience. And I want to let you know that I still love you no matter what, you know? So, yeah. I, for my personal experience, I'm not going to share too much because I have been very careful about what I share in the podcast (laughs) because I know a lot of people that I know, listen, but for me, the language was really important. Like understanding the different pieces of sexuality, like you mentioned, and understanding that these pieces even exist. I guarantee you I had not heard the words shadow self or shadow work 18 months ago or two years ago. So if listener, you're, you're listening to this and you're like feeling things and you're like, what the actual, mm, like pay attention. Like it's scary. Like you said, Allison, like it can be really scary. And I have been in those deep, dark holes that you described. I have tattoos about it, but like when you're feeling something and because you're hearing new language and you're like, oh my gosh, that's me pay attention and it's okay to feel the feelings. I mean, I'm getting triggered right now and I'm really trying to pay attention to what we're talking about because I'm like, oh, I haven't shared this in certain certain spaces. And again, I'll give Erica credit too. She's been such a huge piece of my growth in that realm because she met me in a moment in time where I didn't have to explain my past self. So listeners, if you have new friends or new people in your life, practice being authentic in who you are right now because they don't have the context erica has been a big piece of that for me because i just got to i met her and then i got to just be who i was then and then we've grown (laughs) together so your your past does not define you either so that's all i'm gonna say thank you this is awesome i'm continuing to listen yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love it and Okay, my next question actually is very timely for me, (laughs) but this weekend I'm doing Christine and Steph's inner child workshop, and I'm so excited. It's the three-day one, so this will be my first time doing inner child, like specifically inner child work with them live. I can't wait, and you do, you incorporate inner child healing in what you do, and I know that, you know, just because both of our backgrounds, like we've done this with ourselves, so how exactly do you apply this? Or I guess first let's explain what that is. And then how do you apply it in your work? And like, what are maybe some, maybe a story or two, or just how, how impactful is this for this kind of work? Yeah. So inner child healing first and foremost, for those who subscribe to inner child healing, and we all have this inner child within us that comes from obviously when you're younger, right. And we become the keepers, the protectors, the 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 confident the confidence of these little lights that we have inside of ourselves that come from our our childhood, right? So I have a little Allison inside of me. You have a little Erica, and you have a little Lauren. Mine's name is Sam. Sam, little Sam. Okay, she sorry, I didn't mean to assume. <laughs> I didn't mean to assume. My apologies. You're fine. I just thought I'd share that I named mine something different <laughs> because she is out of control sometimes. beautiful beautiful and all of my clients that come to me they have a little boy inside of them as well 
and our inner child emerges from, you know, how we grew up. And it's our job, in my personal opinion, to reparent this younger aspect of ourselves as if we were our ideal parents that we wanted when we were younger. And a lot of us don't realize that we are operating from our inner child in the external world through relationships, through intimacy, through sex. And our inner child has no no business being in our sex life, in our intimate life, and in our relational life. It's our adult selves that need to show up in those dynamics. My work, I use inner child healing as a sexual shadow tool because um, the work that I do is body-based. So it's a lot of like somatic healing. And I walk my clients through a meditation process in which I cultivate a reality in which they are experiencing what they desire. And I help them tap into where they are maybe feeling resistance, fear, or uncomfortableness in their body from being in that reality. And most of the time, usually a memory is stored in a specific body part that has curated some kind of subpersonality. Usually it has to do with their inner child that is preventing them from getting what they ultimately desire. So I support them in tapping into their inner child through somatic work so they can form a relationship with this piece of themselves so they can form a nurturing relationship with this part of themselves. So when it arises, when they're in certain situations, right, because when we are uncomfortable, we feel a sensation in our body so they can build a relationship with that aspect of themselves and say, okay. I see you. I I feel that you're feeling uncomfortable. What can I do to support you so I can ultimately get what I get what I desire? So I support men in creating a relationship with their inner child so their adult self can show up relationally, intimately and sexually with the women that they ultimately desire to be in partnership or create some kind of lovership with or a romantic connection with. I need a minute to let that all sink in. That's a great definition or explanation of inner child. Yeah. And it's, I know in my experience with inner child work, it's realizing one, how often she, well, she doesn't want or need attention quite as much anymore because I am better at checking in with her. But when I first started this work, which was actually at Christine Hassler's spring retreat three years ago or whatever, I remember I left that space constantly multiple times a day, just stopping, put a hand, putting a hand on my heart, closing my eyes and said, saying, is there anyone, like, does anyone need anything right now? And it'd be like, sometimes it'd be like little five-year-old me. Sometimes it would be teenager me, or it can be different ages or levels of it. But the more, the more that I checked in with her, my inner child, and the more that she felt safe and seen, and again, I'm not perfect at this. She's, I certainly can connect with her more. But it's almost like when she's taken care of, then she's not, quote unquote, acting out. And like you're saying, then I can show up into the world as who I want to be in this moment and find the things I want in this moment. Because my inner child was deprived emotional connection in a lot of ways. So she's still looking for connections with men where there's no emotions. Whereas today I'm like, no, I would like an emotionally available man who's able to hold me and be conscious with me and whatever else. So 
I've experienced that kind of transformation just over the last few years in the quality of partners that I've called in. So that's it's it's really powerful to think that we can just close our eyes and connect with a part of ourselves and all of a sudden see our external world shift in like massive ways. I found that acknowledging that everybody has an inner child has changed the way I engage with other people. I also have this weird, I don't know if it's clairvoyance. I haven't figured, I haven't read, I haven't looked into it enough. I can like feel other people's inner children. Sometimes I can guess ages of the trauma that caused them to be stuck there. But like knowing that every, every human has this gives me a lot more grace for humanity. Eric and I talk about human design all the time. I wasn't going to let a single episode happen without bringing it up. But like, that's another piece of it. Like when you can identify that, like, yes, this person is behaving this way, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's who they are. Mm. Mm -hmm. Adam, my fiance and I have done a ton of work in this space together and individually. And it's been honestly like transformational. The, different type of intimacy as we've talked about like ultimately that's what both of us really craved but i'll speak for myself i was acting out sexually and i was suppressing a lot of things so but understanding everyone has an inner child sometimes you can really see it when somebody's behavior is like way off the grid all of a sudden you're like whoa yeah whoa who stole your cookie like what happened to you you know, so it's, it does give a lot of grace. And I love that you're introducing this to, honestly, a culture that it is not part of the language. So yeah. men that that are open to this and curious about this for themselves, like, this is real divine work you're doing. And just now living and about to marry a man who's done some of this work, like, it's it's so transformational. I'm so grateful for all the people that get to come across you because this is huge. I'm so glad that you found, or this found you. Let me repeat what you said earlier. (laughs) Yes. Everyone who's listening, send this episode to someone in their life that needs it. (laughs) Spread the word. (laughs) Okay. So let's get into some maybe tangible takeaways, tips, practices, things that, you know, and I think you don't have to be a cisgendered men listening man listening to like get benefit from this, like you said in the beginning. So really these can be practices for anyone, I think, but maybe anyone who's feeling sex sexually out of touch and excuse, excuse me if I use the wrong language in any way, but sexually out of touch or shut down. Maybe you have experienced trauma in the past or you just have never been given the freedom to explore this or even you've just never felt safe enough to explore this. Allison, what are some practices or things that we can do to start reconnecting with ourselves, our body, our inner child, and just start start or continue this journey? Yeah, so I always say start out slow. Slow mm-hmm. is super key, especially if you've experienced trauma, especially if just speaking from experience, like you experience numbness, like my body was completely numb. And so it's really important to go slow in these types of things because you don't want to go too fast too soon because you don't want to re-traumatize yourself. So the thing, the number one thing that I feel like people can start doing immediately is getting their hands on a body scan meditation audio recording. 
And the body scan meditation is simply you're just laying in your bed or laying on a yoga mat and you have like some serene music in the background of some sort and you start to slowly scan your body internally starting at your feet going all the way working up to the top of your head and naming sensations that you are feeling in your body even if you're feeling numbness so let's say you feel a sense of heat in your left toe or you feel a sense of tingliness in your right ankle or a sense of coldness in your calf you want to start being able to tap into the sensations that are in your body even if you feel numbness and don't feel anything at all that's okay too as long as you're getting verbiage around it and acknowledging how your body is feeling because our bodies are living living organisms they have consciousness right and so when we aren't attuned to our own bodies it's going to be extremely next to impossible to be able to attune ourselves to somebody else's body. Mm. So body scan meditation will be your number one best friend just to start Mm. to bring some sensational awareness to, to your body. And then after that, there are three like holistic tools that anybody can use in order to start to move you know, stuck energy or to get the numbness out of your body. And that is through breath, sound, and movement. So if you are feeling, mm, I guess, numb, like let's say that's something that I, I struggled with a lot. Like let's say you feel numb and you don't feel much of anything in your body. So through um, movement, what would numbness, how would your body move if you were numbness itself? So for me, I feel like numbness, I just like, I would contract in some capacity. I would allow my body to express however numbness feels in my body through movement. How would numbness sound to you? You would use your vocal cords to make a sound as if numbness was being vocalized through through your through your throat. And then lastly, through breath. So what breathing pattern would would numbness be? I recommend doing like either heavy breathing um, just to get some some movements and circulation throughout your body so your body can get used to feeling numb and feeling air circulation, um, oxy, ox, oxygenation, how do you say that word? Oxygenation. Oxygenation. Is that a word? Oxygenation. 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 Oxidation. Oxygenated. Oxygenated. Yeah. Oxygenated. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So using breath, sound, and movement as tools to support you in getting whatever stuckness or whatever feeling or emotion is stuck in your body because emotions is energy in motion. And a lot of people don't understand that our emotions get stuck in our bodies and our connection to our emotions deeply impacts our connection to our sexuality because our sacral chakra, which is our sex center, is the source of where our emotions lie. And that's where our sexuality lies as well. So the deeper we are connected to our emotions, the deeper we are connected to our sexuality. So when you're able to emote and give yourself space to feel sadness, to evocalize what sadness would feel like, to vocalize what anger would feel like, to move your body how anger wants to move throughout your body, your sexuality, your connection to your sexuality will skyrocket and you'll feel so empowered and so alive 
I have done those three things for myself. I have, I still am working on the, I have some very like pervasive disassociation in my life, similar to numbness, but like memories. I have no memories of like chunks of time. I'll see photos or someone will tell a story and I'm like, I have no idea. I don't have any recollection of being in that place and doing that thing. But the breath sound and movement was a huge shift for me. I don't even remember where I learned it. It could have been in one of my hyper-focused deep dives on the internet. I have no idea. But like the way I've been able to access some of those suppressed experiences has been through that. I'll, I'll take a walk. Like I have to be in motion. But it's, it's like I go outside. It's like, what does the sun feel like? Can I, is it windy? Is it hotter here than it was yesterday? Oh, this hill is harder today than it was yesterday. But like trying to be really present with my body. M music is the sound. I'm a singer too, but like it, it, so it's different for everybody listener. So if you, if you're hearing this and you're like, well, I don't want to just lay there and listen to sounds and breathe. Okay. Then don't make it work for you. Take a walk. I have playlists for however I'm feeling. I ha actually have a sexuality playlist that I made myself during Pride because all the there's such great music that came out about like who you are as a person. But do you have any suggestions for breath exercises? I use box breathing a lot, but do you have any suggestions for that? Because that's the kind of hack that someone could actually try like as they're listening even. Yeah, so... For relaxation, box breath is really good. Also, I don't know the technical terms of what it's actually called, but if you want to get your body out of like fight or flight response, which a lot of us are in and don't even realize that we're operating in that capacity throughout the day, you want to like inhale for a certain count and then just double the exhale. So like inhale for a count of seven, exhale for a count of 14. And that gets your nervous system to get out of fight, flight or freeze mode. And it like just relaxes your body and your nervous system. And then if you want to like energize your body, you know, like fast Breathing in through your nose and out of your mouth will support you in feeling energized as well. Like if you want to like move some anger that's stuck in your body, you know, in through your nose, out of your mouth as fast as possible. But fair warning, you want to make sure that you can hold yourself through these types of experiences because if you are a trauma survivor, memories can come to the surface. And so you want to be able to make sure that, you know, you either have like a touchstone available, like either like some kind of crystal or you're able to like really be able to like put your hands somewhere on your body to let your body know it's in the present moment. So you're not like being triggered back into a memory mm -hmm. that may have surfaced from when you, you were younger. So that's why going slow is just really, really important. So you're able to track yourself track your brain, track your psyche to be able to give yourself what you need in any given moment. Yeah. I found journaling to be really helpful after I had an experience like that. Uh, should I, I mean, if I'm, I receive more messages now than I used to, like used to, I used to just trigger myself by accident. Now I know how to do it more intentionally. So I'm like learning the information but even just writing down what I had experienced when I decided to 
move, breathe, and sound, it was really informative. Because, like, in the moment you're experiencing it, and then to be able to, like, write it down, get it out of your body, and maybe visit it later if you want to. Listeners, y'all know I love a journal. I'm a big bullet journaler. But I find that to be really informative, too. If you have the ability to to do that, that's that's a little too much for some people. I worked my way up to that. I did start slow. <laughs> I totally second that. Yeah, and I think that I would say don't underestimate the power of slowing down. We've done a whole episode on the nervous system, so you can go check that out if you missed it. But as someone who had sympathetic nervous system dominance. I definitely lived in my sympathetic nervous system. And Allison, I know whenever your stories pop up, I always click them because whether you're sharing a video or whatever, you have this beautiful slowness and presence about you. And even just seeing that then like our mirror neurons, it helps me slow down. So finding ways to intentionally slow down throughout the day. One tip I use with clients is having them um, set an anchor. So like having an alarm go off three times a day or something. And then in those moments, choosing one thing to help calm your nervous system or just check in with your nervous system. And whether you're just putting, I love the idea of just putting a hand on your body, be like, you're in the present moment. Like I am safe as a affirmation I use a lot. So that's one thing I'd say I've learned from you over the years is just slow down, be slow and present and in the feminine energy flow. Erica, I've been using my supplement alarms as an opportunity to check in with myself. (laughs) That's how I trained myself to take my supplements every day. (laughs) There's a shameless plug for Erica. (laughs) Work with me. Yeah, do it. (laughs) Lauren's star client. Star client. Taking all her supplements. And also one of the more difficult. But you're welcome. I give you so much content. (laughs) I know. It's true. It's true. Oh, Allison, is there anything else you want to add that maybe we haven't touched on yet or anything like that before we ask you our very last question? I guess I just want to add that I have such a deep adoration and and love for the external masculine for, for, for men. It hasn't always been that way, but the deeper that I go into like my coaching methodology, the more clients that I acquire, like just the love, the deeper the love I have for for the men out there who who are suffering, right? I think we kind of tend to glaze and overlook men in our society, but there's a lot of male suffering out there. And just to to let men know that that there are resources out there to support them. And if they ever have an opportunity to work with a practitioner of you know, the opposite sex, a female practitioner, I highly recommend that they, they do it because they, and if, especially if they're, you know, straighter or heteronormative, uh, working with somebody who is of the opposite gender of you supports you in healing your relationship to, to, to that sex. So yeah, I just wanted to, to throw that out there. Shameless plug at the same time, but yeah, absolutely. I love, I love men and I also love women, but men just have like a special place in my heart. So yeah. And the question we ask all of our guests is what is your current favorite life hack? Hmm, life hack. I really like to engage in like 
next day journaling. So like before I go to bed, Mm. I have this like journaling prompt that I follow and it starts out with like my vision for, for myself. So it can, it changes all the time, but I write down like my vision either for my life or for the day or something that I desire. I write down why I want it. I write down kind of like if I knew it already happened, what would I be doing? If I wasn't concerned with the how, what would I be doing? Getting out of my own way looks like, and I fill in the blank. And then, then I write down the things that I need to do in order to get me to one step closer to my goal. And then I write down how I want to feel the next day while doing all of the things. And then I write down what I'm grateful for, a couple affirmations. And then I write down like three words that will describe my next day. So powerful, potent, primal, or sensual, seductive, productive, or whatever it is. And then I write, and so it is. So yeah. Powerful. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your message and your work with our audience. And again, if you're listening to this, share this with anyone in your life who you think might want to listen to it. And Allison, where do you prefer love to connect with people? Where can they find you? I love connecting through Instagram. I'm really active on there and my direct messages. I'm really, really proud of the the, the relationships that I've built with the men who follow me. Um, my Instagram handle is intimacy underscore with underscore Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N. And you can find me there. Perfect. And we'll drop all of your contact information in the show notes. So go find Allison and connect with her. And of course, again, if you love the show, go rate review on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to stay stay curious. curious. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.